Welcome back to Beer Time with Books. We hit our second birthday. We hit our 30th episode. So all that is left is the season two finale. Woo! Let's go. Welcome. Hell yeah. Welcome to the season two finale. This was a host favorite of last <laughs> season. It was surprising. I don't know how many people are going to care all that much, but uh, at the very least, somebody's coming away with a free book. Two people are coming away with a free book. That's true. Free books, man. So we are doing a giveaway that we kind of talked about <laughs> on our last episode. It came at the very, very end. So we're just going to talk about it here at the beginning. There are two ways to win if you're interested in this giveaway. We have the YouTube channel that Beer Time with Books is posted on. That's Brian's Book Bastion, Brian with an I. Uh, so that's one place to win. And then on Instagram, uh, it's Beer Time with Books. So those are the two spots. Um, and we have... Just a very simple rule. I'll toss it over to Jamie to say what the rule is here uh, for how to win. But you can enter in both places, but you can only win once. Mm -hmm. So the way to win the giveaway on either platform is to like the post. So like the video or like the photo that we post where we tell you to comment. And then you're going to comment your favorite book that you've read this year. In 2020, a shitty year, what was your favorite read? Um, And what book that we read that you're interested in reading? Um, And that's pretty much it. We will pick a winner from each platform. Like the post, comment some books. Yeah, we're curious we'll, we'll to some things. we're curious to see what uh, what everybody's been reading out there. And so, yeah, once you pick one of the seven. Uh, from our list, we can send it over to you. And if you haven't listened to the episodes yet, you know, there's plenty of content, plenty of conversation going on about those. So that's going to be the book giveaway. Thanks for listening to Beer Time with Books. Uh, and with that, we're going to move into the uh, activities for tonight's episode. So it's going to start off with the classic before we get off our normal format here. But uh, tonight, for the last episode of season two, what are you drinking? I'll toss it over to Danny to start us off on this one. I'm drinking another Boulevard Nutcracker Winter Warmer, uh, a winter classic. Snaps for Nutcracker. <laughs> <laughs> Nutcracker's it's, I back. don't know that I've... I think, I, I think maybe the only time I've ever had a Nutcracker was maybe last year at your house once, and uh, I was really excited to... Um, to drink it this year on the pod. It's like becoming one of my fave seasonal beers, so... Yeah, it is. It's super good, and it, it's funny to for you to say that that the beerless, which we'll get to at the uh, latter end of this episode when we talk about all the beers we drank this season, what the favorites are. That your beers are so divergent from what it was last year, where certain times you just drink whatever we had in our fridge. <laughs> <laughs> right. A lot of times I was just drinking whatever you had, but this year I had to buy my own beer. Honestly, it was rude. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Jamie, what are you drinking? Um, I am drinking a an optimal wit from Port City Brewing Company in Alexandria, Virginia, uh, which Brian got as a present. I'm drinking his birthday present. 
Yeah, for the next three months, I'm in the craft beer club. <laughs> so they no shit. Yeah, they sent a 12 pack in the mail, and it came with a bottle opener, came with recipes to cook with craft beer, and came with some beers we've never had before. Uh, so for That's mine, a great gift. yeah, and I'm excited to see what the uh, next few packs are going to be. But on this one, I'm also drinking from Port City Brewing. This is in Alexandria, Virginia. So yeah, Virginia. We got a lot of different states on the on the pod this year. That's pretty pretty nice yeah, that we're, we we really branched out <laughs> we, we we sampled america we couldn't we couldn't tour with our with our bodies but we we toured with our taste buds <laughs> i thought you were gonna say toured with our mouths which is worse <laughs> I, than I, I, taste buds <laughs> i thought about it i was like eh, well uh but this one is the <laughs> this one is the essential pale ale uh dry hopped pale ale it's um a little smoother than the india pale ale that came in uh, about 5.3% uh, alcohol. The color is golden deep. Oh, wow. This is a lot of information. Or deep golden. Hey, if they give it to me, I'm going to say it. If they give it to me, I'm going to say it. I also, I didn't realize during our last episode, after I'd had two, maybe three of these, I think it was two, um, that this nutcracker is 7.8%. Yeah. Just like a little higher than I expected. Oh, yeah. And... So I was down for the count last Friday morning or whenever that was, <laughs> two Fridays ago. Hey, last year we had uh, Bloody Marys and beer and then Bloody Marys afterward the next mm-hmm. day. So it's all good. Oh, God. It's, it's tradition. We got we to gotta go hard for the end of the year, especially a year like this. So that is what we are drinking this evening. There may be a couple more beers popping in as we go. Uh, but for the rest of the episode, here are the categories we're going to be discussing from season two. Both of you guys like clinched a little <laughs> like, bit once this came I'm up. I'm so excited. We just have to we have to tell everybody that like we haven't discussed these at right, all. Like right. we just I we don't know. Yeah. This is this is huge news. It's exciting for all of us. Yeah, I think last year we did it. We did it as like a really casual. Like we needed to do something to wrap up the season. But I don't think we expected during the episode. Uh, about how exciting it actually was because it went step by step where it was like the big reveal from each person. We're like, oh, oh, oh. So be uh, be prepared for some oohs and ahs as we go through. Get ready for some some hot, what are bound to be hot takes. <laughs> yeah. So what we are hitting, uh, these four categories, uh, they're going to be in this order and we're going to do each of them one at a time, especially for those that have uh, multiple, we'll, we'll go up in steps. But the first one, it's going to be our least favorite book from season two and just to clarify it doesn't mean that the book is bad it just means that it's just (laughs) we only have seven books to choose from we have to pick the bottom one that's in the rules it's in our contract yeah it's in the contract we just have to (laughs) (laughs) so we have uh least favorite starting off uh our list here and then we move into top three so do a round robin. Yeah, so it'll be three, 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 two, 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 one, one, one. So that just leaves a nebulous three books for each of us somewhere in the rankings. But it sounds like there may be somewhat of an idea of where those fall. Uh, after that, I think this one was a surprise last year because I think in certain instances, at least for me, um, this was different from the top three. But we're looking at favorite character. So it can be a character even from a book that doesn't make it into your top three, or maybe your favorite characters in your least favorite book. That'd be a shocker. Uh, so that is. I was 
struggling hard with favorite characters this time around, friends. <laughs> uh, I think that's going to be fun uh, to hear what that is. And then last but not least, just to kind of end it off, because it is beer time with books, though we're not the most uh, adept at describing beers. I think it is kind of interesting to get the retrospective of what we drank. Yeah. But we're going to go favorite beer. I have to throw in here that after today, I listened to it like the first the 10 minutes of each episode today when I was grabbing the beer list. Uh, and also I was just listening to, I just like to listen to us all because we're <laughs> hysterical. Um, <laughs> but I believe some of the words used to describe some beers in the past have been brown. It's brown. Red. Um Caramely was a good one. Hey, that's good. Uh, that's good. We, we've gotten we've yeah, gotten no. better. We've gotten better mm-hmm. as we've gone along at a lot of different things. Even from the beginning of the season to now, we've we've uh, refined our approach a little bit. But hey, you got to start somewhere. Color is a great place to start. Yeah, I love a brown. Looks, liquid. Jamie was just like, it looks brown. I think <laughs> it was it was really good. It was a very, it was a very um. Like astute observation. <laughs> I just uh, to clarify, a brown ale is a thing. It is, but yeah. And the I know. beer didn't tell <laughs> me is. what kind of beer it was, so I was like, "It's brown." Yeah, it's brown. <laughs> well, we'll get into all those discussions and just kind of the trends we saw. Cause I I do like getting the whole list because it's interesting interesting to see how our tastes have developed uh, from the even the beginning of the season to now. <laughs> So They've developed so much. I uh, just grab random beers. As though, as though I don't just go to the grocery store and pick a beer I've never had Hey, that, that's a development. So anyway, let's move in to the uh, main categories here. This is like our own personal uh, award show. If you, if you go too long, we're going to play you out with some music. All of the theme music from every episode, I'm going to start flipping on. So <laughs> we'll get some nice uh, piano ballads from Steppenwolf and whatnot. So anyway, let's <laughs> let's uh, start off with the first category. What was your least favorite book this season? I don't know if we're gonna like stay in the same order the whole time. I can't remember, but I don't know if anybody wants to volunteer to go first. James, go first. Okay, <laughs> I um I really struggled with this choice. Mostly because, not because I loved every book, but because there were two at the bottom for me. And I kept going back and forth, being like, I don't know. Um, And I told Brian that I thought I knew what my bottom choice was, but I felt kind of bad about it. (laughs) And that's what I went with. So my least favorite book from the season was Oryx and Crake by Margaret Atwood. Um... And I feel bad about it because I love Margaret Atwood (laughs) and I really respect Margaret Atwood. Um, And I didn't hate Oryx and Crake, but the reason it's in my bottom is that I just felt like it was, um, there was less substance to it than a lot of the other books that we read. Uh, I felt like it was a lot less challenging, and maybe that's a thing that I like from books. Uh, my my second to last runner-up bottom would have been Rabbit Run, hmm. um, but I <laughs> two Danny choices, rough stuff, I, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I forgot those are both Danny. Rough stuff, well, brother. <laughs> um. Oh God. Because 
both of them have very problematic male figures in them and I didn't I wasn't rooting for the protagonists but at the end of the day Rabbit Run was more interesting to me than Oryx and Craig was so that's my bottom sorry Danny um no I ashamedly also both of my choices were in my bottom two (laughs) um which, like, let's be real. I went back and listened to, like, the Rabbit Run episode. Uh, and I, I really did have a high hopes for John Updike, which, like, in hindsight was naive of me. Um, it was just not. I just. Uh, anyway, Rabbit Run was in my was my least favorite until we read Oryx and Crake. Yeah. And then we read Oryx and Crake. And honestly, like, Rabbit Run at least made me feel something. <laughs> <laughs> and. And it was, like, frustrating and infuriating and problematic in a lot of ways. But Oryx and Crake was my least favorite, ultimately, because I just, I couldn't really, I couldn't really be bothered. It just didn't really feel, I knew I wasn't that interested in it. I am, the the Year of the Flood second book came in uh, from my library holds. I will update everybody in season three on how it is, but... I mean, I'm just, I'm not very invested in the story, and I think that it could have gone so many other interesting ways. So, yeah, um, not a good time for me this season. Stay, stay tuned for Danny's new booktube channel, The Masochistic Reader. <laughs> <laughs> Where I just read books out of pure grit. <laughs> um, yeah, this is... Uh... This is a clean sweep. Unprecedented. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, Oryx and Craig was my bottom. I don't think that I, and maybe you guys feel differently. I don't feel like I disliked it maybe as much as you guys did. I didn't um, hate it. Yeah. I didn't, I feel like, like I enjoyed, it was, I enjoyed it was reading fine. it. Yeah, it was fine. It yeah. was quick read. And also a lot of the books that we choose for the podcast anyway just inherently like are things we've heard good things about so like an okay book can easily find its way to the bottom of the pile because like we read a lot of other really fantastic novels this year so uh yeah definitely the bottom for that i did think it was interesting and and i will potentially read depending on what danny's review is i suppose of the second book how uh how that shapes up but um i i don't know if i can definitively say that rabbit run is like bottom two uh, but I, I feel in the comparison to the two uh, in like a really weird way and and why, you know, it would maybe rise above Orcs and Crakes that Rabbit Run and Orcs and Crake are both like doing this broad analyzation of society. But like I thought that the analyzation in Rabbit Run, while problematic, was like maybe more compelling to me. And again, maybe we're numbed because of the pandemic, but like just that post-war um, finding of oneself and the concept of doing so in that society where like everyone had given so much to, you know, a broader country effort was more interesting to me. So yeah. Mm. Oryx and Craig definitely at the bottom. Yeah. I feel like have a book. Oh, go ahead. I just feel like reiterating overall. I agree with Danny that like rabbit run made me feel so much more, (laughs) even if those feelings often were anger, I still was like invested in the story and like affected by it when we get to the climax of that story that is like horrific. Yeah. Um, and I felt less so with Oryx and Craig. Well, there you go. Yeah, and I oh. thought like 
like yeah i mean rabbit run just like painted i think a much more detailed interesting um potentially like accurate picture of a certain period of time and i just not that every book has to do that but oryx and craig just felt a little bit vague um so yeah i don't know interesting do you brian do you have a second um like at least second least favorite i don't think i do i don't, they're really in a nebulous space for me so i don't think i do mm-hmm. So uh, with that, then this might illuminate what your guys' are, because I think that potentially if you're talking about, Jamie, your second uh, from the bottom, you've also told me a little bit that you may have a fourth. So that'll be interesting to illuminate. I know, but, I know the full order okay, so, of all seven. But we, we, we may be able to get into that, but let's let's just start with where we're, where we're going into next. This is going to be your top three for the year. Uh, so I don't know if we want to – do we want to go in the same order or – yeah, go in the same order. Oh, you want to go? Okay. Um, so number three, coming in at number three. Since you're so sure me, of what the answers are. I gonna know be. exactly <laughs> what the order is, everybody. Um, okay, honestly, I went back and forth with number three a lot. I'm not gonna tell you what my fourth runner up is because that'll give away other things about my top yeah, yeah. three. Let's save but, those till after. Um I really struggled with it. There were two books that I felt like I enjoyed almost equally. Um, but at the end of the day, I felt like this book that I chose for my number three was an engaging story throughout the entire novel, whereas my other tied for three one um, lagged a little bit at the beginning. So number three for me is Sing Unburied Sing by Jasmine Ward. Um which I really loved a lot. I'm honestly, based on how much I loved it at the beginning of this year, I'm surprised that it's number three for me. Um, I really, I've, I still want to read more from Jasmine Ward. I haven't. Um, I thought that that book was beautiful. I like we talked a lot about at the beginning of this season uh, the like Southern Gothic vibes that we had going at the beginning of the season. Um, I love I love that. I love ghost stories. I loved the depiction of the South that you see throughout that book. Um, and also the climax with like the tree at the end is just like an image that's stuck in my brain. Um, so that is my third choice. The Sing Unburied Sing by Jasmine Ward. <laughs> And that was our first quarantine, too. Yeah. We were really trying to figure out how we were going to keep doing the pod, but uh, it just sticks out for that reason, because that was when we started off the virtual stuff. We only had one book this season that we were together for, but it all kicked off with Sing Unburied Sing. So anyway, that's moving into Danny's number three choice. My third choice was almost Sing Unburied Sing, but actually my third choice ended up being As I Lay Dying. And I surprised myself a little bit because I thought actually for sure Jasmine Ward would have made it in my top three, which like, I guess, spoiler, she didn't. <laughs> um, I'm and actually so, shocked by that. I don't know what your top yeah, three is at all. I is, told you. This is starting I, the, the surprises now. I went back and did like a Goodreads audit and looked at all my ratings and I was like, this is this is going to be an interesting situation. But yeah, I don't know. I I um I liked Faulkner more than I expected. And like comparatively, now that we're at the end of the season, I can definitively say that I liked 
as I lay da- as I lay dying a little bit more than seeing Unburied Sing. So it was a close it was a close tie for me, but Which Faulkner that's a funny, made it in at number three. That's a funny comparison still because of how much we talked about that from what we were led to believe right. from the discussion question, but like how they are supposedly related. And like meant meant maybe like I had there's something in me that is like inextricably linking them, which like but I, <laughs> I, I think I, I, do I, I mean too, I definitely yeah. I definitely feel like we, I mean, they were the first two that we read. Like something in me is linking them. Um, aside from the fact that we were like told that like maybe we should expect that, which I think some maybe like very much affected, maybe like very much biased me. But um, yeah, I don't know. I uh, I was more, again, I was like more affected, I think, by Faulkner. All right. So there we go. Getting interesting already. Uh, so for my third choice, um, I chose Omen Setter's Luck by William H. Gass. Oh. <laughs> um, this one kind of surprised me just because I think I was not into it at the beginning and we hit a bit of a lull at that time. It was just like mid-year quarantine Uh I was not feeling motivated. It was kind of difficult to get into the style. But I think that our discussions, though they weren't always necessarily um, as analytic uh, as some other novels have been for us, just as far as like breaking down some like legit structural things or whatever else, I I liked those discussions that we had about it and it made me appreciate it more and just like, how the style grew on you guys as well, like hearing how that kind of came to be as we continued on with the story. But like just the three part structure, I loved the beginning with the town where we were not even getting a narrator from any of the main characters just to get a feel for the town. I thought that was great scene setting uh, and then just slowly moving into the madness of the Reverend. Um, I thought it was very interesting and uh, I, I just kind of thought the style um, as we've talked about, the experimental style can be very distracting, but like overall, once I got to the end, I felt that that experimental style was more warranted here than it is in a lot of other novels that I read that kind of play with um, various structures and, and styles for dialogue. So for all those reasons, just because it continued to pleasantly surprise me and the discussions were interesting, um, I'd have to say Omen Sutter's Luck is number three. Nice. I, I'm like partially surprised by that, just a little bit. Yeah. But I think I was expecting it to be higher for you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I was expecting it to be in your top three at all. Yeah, I was. I was wrestling a little bit. I'd say maybe my closest was three and four. Um, yeah, but, my closest were three and four. But anyway, we're now going to move into now that they're all different. That's a that's a mix from last year because last year you two were like lockstep the whole way. So let's get into uh, number two now. Starting to get uh, the build up to the big reveals for number one. But uh, Jamie hit us with your number two. My number two is "As I Lay Dying" by William Faulkner. Whoa! Um, second hey. appearance. Second appearance. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I was shocked by how much I loved As I Lay Dying at the beginning of this year. Like, I felt like I had read, like, a tiny bit of Faulkner before we got into that, um, like, a short story or two. But 
everything that I heard about him was just how difficult his writing was and how like pretentious and wordy and whatever. Um, and I feel like that was not a difficult story to read. Like it's complicated. Yeah, I mean, like. Have those people like read Dickens? Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I feel like Faulkner is like not, I don't know. Made, I'm basing it off of this one book, but man, I don't know. Yeah, it was so readable. That it was, was so surprising. Very readable. Yeah. yeah. And like, it's still complicated. And there are definitely like, like chapters where you're kind of like, I don't know exactly what happened right there. But still no. overall, like the story <laughs> was pretty straightforward. And I loved all of the characters in that book. I like... The family dynamics were so interesting, and I loved the scene setting, and I, I loved Vardaman's weird chapters, and <laughs> just every everything was so well done, uh, for such a weird book. That isn't that the one that's like, the theory is that he wrote like one draft and just sent it off. Yeah, <laughs> never. It, well, that he like yeah, it said that he kept writing it really late at rumor. night. Yeah, yeah. and like. Wrote it very quickly and was just like, that's it. That's it. I'm done. I did the thing. Um, which is insane. And it's so good. So um, that is my number two. As I lay down. Oh, God. This is all <laughs> getting so interesting. Uh, my number two uh, is The Master and Margarita. Woo. Boom. I, I have a really hard time. <clears throat> I have a really hard time. Like, not, like, rating books in a vacuum and, like, judging how I feel about books in a vacuum. Just, like, as the book itself, like, (laughs) everything that I read, I am comparing to everything else I have ever read. And also I'm comparing to, like, what I read this year and, like, what we just read. Like, I have a hard time, like, separating it. But over, like, comparatively, I... I'm I'm surprised that this made it into my number two because, like, I think if you listened to that episode, you maybe wouldn't think that. But (laughs) after I've, like, reflected on all of the books that we read this year, I had such a good time reading that, like, spontaneous, whimsical book. I just thought it was genius. And I I am going to be one of those people who reads it again. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. That that one has so much to unpack that... It warrants a, a read for sure. Uh, so for my number two, mine is As I Lay Dying by William Faulkner. So that's uh, a book that's made it into each of the lists so far. But yeah, As I Lay Dying, just for a lot of the reasons mentioned, uh, I agree. It was just so readable um, for something that is so seemingly normal um, and the time period that we're talking about here it was it it made it more enthralling to me that it was so interesting with the characters and whatnot because like you're talking about Vardaman being like such a standout part of the novel like just this weird kid but like it's all just this family like the southern family doing like a normal thing of just like burying their mom but like each of them had such peculiar um mannerisms and 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 you know their own ways of speaking and obviously how the story develops it was like surprisingly um it it surprisingly kept you on the edge of your seat because of all the different things that kept going on with like you know fires and selling the horse and all these different things and and then even down to the ending it was like i think we kind of talked about it it was like a quote-unquote twist ending 
to some degree. Ending. Yeah, where it was just kind of like after this whole serious thing, this whole dreary thing. It was just like, okay, did that. Like moving on with my life uh, for Mr. Bundren. So it's just kind of like that. The fact that it like went all the way through all of that and was still able to end it in such a way that I was like, wow, out of all the things, like that wouldn't have been on the top of my mind. But I thought that was the perfect ending for the novel to really highlight the points it was trying to make um, of these Southern sensibilities and that like they were kind of given this cursory look, but thrown out the window right when the duty was done. Um, So yeah, I think that was a great read and very glad that we did. I think the only reason I chose it was that we had two copies (laughs) and that I'd never read Faulkner. (laughs) I I, I didn't know how good it was going to be, but yeah, it was definitely a pleasant surprise. And our last uh, book in person tier tier we'll be in person again someday those episodes it has us coming back from prosperos it has us coming back from brunch on one of them we went down to get brunch and went down man we took a field trip we took a walk (laughs) we we were just we were sharing small plates at brunch so cavalierly (laughs) just breathing each other's air yeah one, uh, one day, one day. So anyway, that's uh, that's number two. So this is moving into the number one book. I'm so excited. Uh, number one, number one book of season two. So Jamie, I am. First of all, before I even say mine, I am sitting here shocked at the only two possibilities of what Danny's number one is. <laughs> I I'm overwhelmed by what is happening with Danny's reading habits. Uh, <laughs> This Jamie, year. you are continuously shocked by my reading habits, I really and I don't am. know how I just, or why. Man, okay. <laughs> anyway, my number one, I don't think that this is a shocking choice, but my number one is The Master and Margarita. Um, yeah, I could have called that. Yeah, I loved that book so much, which I have said for every book in my top three, I think, now. But I just, I don't know. I... I think that that is the book that I have always wanted to read. You know, like you you need a feeling from a certain kind of book. And that's the feeling that I always want when I'm reading is like sort of like the the ability to have something so whimsical and unknown but still serious and about real things. I just I don't know. I loved that book so much. I will read it again. I just sent it to a random stranger that I don't know who I got in a secret Santa um, <laughs> and wrote her a little note about how much I loved it. Um, so that's, I don't even know what just, to say about just it. Just because it has a cat on the cover and she likes cats. Well, I mean, so it was thematic, I just thought that was a but funny, I also was like, funny connection. I read this this year. <laughs> And it has a cat who drinks vodka and has a gun. So that's great. It's amazing. Um, I don't even know what to say about it that we haven't already said about it. But I I loved it. It had me on the edge of my seat. It was so readable. Like, shockingly joyful and funny for what I think of as Russian literature. And I just loved it. I don't know. It was perfect. It's a perfect book. <laughs> a perfect book. A perfect Man. book. A- ending number one with it's a perfect book. It's a perfect book. Uh, Danny, what is your number one? I'm I'm on the edge of my seat. <laughs> Guys, my number one is Steppenwolf. Whoa, what? <laughs> I, 
this is I don't understand. Whoa. Guys, I I panic when I have to rate books <laughs> and uh and I agonize and I go back and change my ratings. Spoiler, if you look at my Goodreads, you better just check it every like three months because I constantly update my ratings comparatively to all of the other books that I've read. Steppenwolf, I, when I went back and just like, I just, I was like today, I was doing like a review of all of the books we've read and I think I just had the best time reading Steppenwolf. I don't think it was the most readable, and I don't think it was, like, I don't think it was the easiest. I thought it was frustrating at times. But I have never read anything like Steppenwolf. I thought, like, the structure was so interesting. Uh, I thought that, like, the the very, like, confusing, um, up-for-debate ending, while frustrating, is also, like, extremely interesting and, like, intriguing and uh, also makes me want to read it again. It's similar to the way I felt about Master and Margarita. I really do feel like I felt very similar. I was comparing those books in my head constantly. I felt very similar, sort of like constantly just getting Alice in Wonderland vibes from both of them. Um, I am surprised at myself, but I am happy with my choice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Steppenwolf and Master and Margarita did have a lot of similarities, especially toward the end of Steppenwolf and then like getting into some of those theater scenes in Master and Margarita. There's definitely a lot of crossover there. Yeah, I think I really enjoyed Seven Wolf, and it didn't. It's not even my fourth runner-up because I found the first half so frustrating. I know. I think that kind of tipped it for me too. The first I, half. I think maybe rereading it and knowing where it goes would make it a lot better. But I think at the time that definitely swayed my yeah. decision. But I, I understand. No, I. I think that like that, even considering that, like how frustrated I was after like the first half. I don't know. I I think that it was worth it, and I want to read it again someday. I think Steppenwolf was teetering on my third, fourth area. Really? Like those were the what I was kind of grappling with. So Steppenwolf was pretty Ryan, close. What for is me. your top choice? <laughs> that, was, that was pretty close for me. Um, also, uh, but before we get into that, we gotta we gotta tell Corey because shouts out to Corey. He was our yeah. one guest this year. Corey uh, picked that. Yeah. Also, I had never read. I had never heard of Steppenwolf. Like I had, I just didn't even know that it existed as a book. I don't even know that I like knew anything about Herman Hesse or anything. Um, so shout out to Corey for introducing me to what is apparently my favorite book of the season. <laughs> yeah, Corey happened on quarantine season, getting on the pod. But yeah, we'll definitely have to let him know because um, I don't even think that he rated it that high when we finished. I was surprised. No, he gave it like three stars. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like he was not. That episode's going off on the streaming platforms also. That's our most popular episode on the streaming platform. So shouts out to all that too. Hopefully it's good. I haven't listened to it <laughs> in a while. Uh, so uh, for my top choice, mine is also The Master of Margarita. Uh, I think out of all the ones we read this year, outside of me like prepping more for the ones that I chose to lead the discussions for, um, I did the most like of a deep dive into the master and margarita. I was really getting into like outside sources. There was a lot that I wanted to understand about it. It just really brought out that enthusiasm in me that I hadn't had in a really long time to like take the extra time to like put in extra hours, like literally extra hours looking at these other resources. Um, Just because 
you could sense that they were there, like upon us knowing that it was a protest novel, but also it like, again, you know, it was so well done as we had mentioned in that episode that like there is plausible deniability, but also like enough of, of an awareness that there is a criticism going on. Like that's just such a hard balance to strike. And all the same, as Jamie had mentioned, still these fantastical elements that like it doesn't feel like any part of it was tacked on in any way where like maybe certain stories will have the fantastical element. You'll kind of be like, oh, well, that just feels like it's on top of it to make it a more interesting novel. It really felt like all of it was important to the overall um, structure of the novel. And also perfect. And also just the fact that you're taking this story that is told so often of, you know, the eternal battle of good and evil of God and the devil, but it flips it in such an interesting way where the devil isn't this all encompassing evil, you know, may actually be in cahoots with the good of the world. Like there was just so much of that, that you just kind of, feel because of you know growing up in a western society that that story is untouchable you can't mess with god jesus the devil you can't touch it but he does and does it so well and not only that but like it plays into such a powerful climax that those changes again don't feel superfluous where it's just like he's doing it just to kind of be like whoa did he change the story of the bible no it like is an actual great climax and is important to how the story wraps up. So I think I also agree that it's a perfect novel. Honestly, it's, I have, there's no faults. It's just absurd how, how much all of that works together. And I just can't wait to read it again one day and just thank goodness. Also, we read it during October because I think that was the perfect time to do so. So that was a a lot of fun this year. the vibes were right yeah. for the master and margarita. Honestly, for a year that was so like, you know, as everyone talks about, like just so unusual. Like that was just such a high point for me was the reading of and discussion of the master and margarita in October. Neither um, of you had ever heard of it. No, yeah, I, I had no idea. It. This is it's I, a book that's I, been on I my had radar no, for so long. I had li- and literally I, like when you said the title. I was like, you could have been making this book up. I had literally never heard of it. It doesn't sound like a real book to me. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I had heard about it for so long. Just like I being an English major probably and also like me wanting to research books. And I probably did the thing where I was like, what Russian literature should I read? Um, <laughs> but like every time I saw the title brought up, Like, every time on Reddit or Twitter or wherever I saw it, it was always, like, this person was, like, this is my favorite book of all time, and it's amazing, and you need to read it. Um, And I agree. I'm going to become one of those people where I'm, like, (laughs) you have to read this book because I... I just, I don't know. I think that's how literature should make you feel. It should make you want to research, and it should make you want to, like, also, like, laugh, and it's so unexpected all the twists and turns i just loved it i don't know yeah well there you go that's uh our top three uh a doozy interesting. i'm really shocked i'm really shocked by danny's i was super yeah, surprised about Stephen. i'm excited to just like tell Corey, and I, he this might listen I know all he, the time he he liked um the the post about talking about us recording this episode <laughs> so he may be 
tuned in. But uh, so with that, we are now moving into an even more unexpected, uh, potentially unexpected answers here. But uh, we're moving into favorite character. And so for this last year, like I had mentioned earlier, this was like favorite character was for my choice, not in the top three or the bottom one. So there's a lot of opportunity for um, highlights and books that maybe didn't get as much love here at the end. So let's get some favorite characters. Jamie, kick us off. My favorite character. Um, this is exactly exactly the purpose of what, what we did the favorite character for originally is um, they are from my, my fourth runner-up uh, book, which, again, was so closely tied to Sing Unburied, Sing for me. Like, I originally had this book in my top three, and then I switched it. Um, but my favorite character is Reverend Jethro Ferber from Omen Sutter's Luck. Whoa! <laughs> All right, that, that's shocking to me. <laughs> great character, though. I'm not going to lie. He's, he's a great character. He's an amazing character. I am floored. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay, genuinely... What? I genuinely loved Omen Sutter's Luck, and it's because of Reverend Ferber. Like, I, his stream of consciousness, like, absolute nonsense chapters were my favorite parts of that book. And just so beautifully written. I, yeah. I Those probably stuck out to me as, like, parts that I just recall so fondly as far as just, like, pure writing. That was probably the best writing, I would say. I know it's not a category, but, like, those sections... Best writing, maybe, for me. It's great. I loved, and I also, like, was so shocked with how much I loved Omen Setter's Luck as a book overall. Um, like, it it almost made it in my top three. Brian and I almost had the exact same top three. I felt like we would, but I'm, I'm glad that there's still the discrepancy. It was very close. And like I said, it mostly, it came down to the fact that, like, the first half of Omen Setter's Luck was not as engaging for me. Um... And Sing Unburied Sing, I felt like engaged me the whole time. So that's the like thing it came down to. But I don't know. I loved Jethro Ferber. I loved his weird little limericks, like sexual limericks throughout <laughs> the story. I thought he was an interesting, complicated character, like dealing with falling out of religion and belief kind of but also being a pastor and also like maybe working with the devil kind of like he went all over the place uh and i nuanced he's so nuanced <laughs> wow and i loved i loved the story because of him i thought bracket omen setter was a dud of a person but i loved <laughs> that story because of jethro Ferber. so um he is my favorite character nice you and both were so shocked by that. I know that was very shocking. I just, I mean, we hadn't really talked about omen setters, um, so I don't know. I was just, that's interesting to me. Hmm. He, he was up there. I, I had him in in the short list. I'll yeah. just say that he was shortlisted for me for favorite character. Guys, my favorite character was Ermin <laughs> from Steppenwolf. You were, you were saying that as you a joke, just kind of. Love Steppenwolf. <laughs> I did, and honestly, I had a really, really hard time coming up with favorite characters today um, as I was, like, thinking through them and just, like, reviewing all week, actually. But just, like, today I was really trying to sit down and, like, look at all the books, and I was like, 
I had a hard, like, I kind of had a hard time, like, making, like, ha- like remembering people that, like, really, really stuck out. And she just stuck out. She just, like, doesn't like to take any shit. And she calls him on everything he needs to be called on. And kind of is just, like, I don't know. Get yourself together, man. <laughs> and I, I don't know. I just really enjoyed reading her. I loved the scenes with her. And also, I don't know that we talked about this, but um, I was doing a little more reading on her and there was like sort of like a, um, I mean, I don't know that we talked about this during our episodes, but um, there's like a very solid like hypothesis apparently that like Hermine is just fully like Harry reflected. Like we did. she we, isn't we even. We talked about that. Did we talk, did we talk about that? Okay. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I just loved, I loved that um, she was almost in some ways like a better version of this character that I didn't really like. For, I didn't like Harry very much. <laughs> and so I liked that she was almost like a, she was like a new, like a, like an improved version of uh, the main character of a, of the, my favorite book of this season. <laughs> um, yeah. She, so yeah, I don't know. She was really I, well I utilized and like, that was one of the better moments of, that we've talked about before of like how the split happens. Cause we do it in two episodes where like it didn't hit in orcs and Craig, but like maybe the most notable instance of like first half split by second half was Ermine coming in mm-hmm. and flipping that novel on its head. Cause I just remember that discussion became so much more animated in the second half. And it was like in large part due to her. And not only that, but we got like 10 pages of her, and she already made so much of a, an impression that we devoted so much time of discussion in that first episode to her because it was like, oh, she's here to shake some shit up and did like she delivered on every um, expectation we had at the time. So I think that's a good choice. Too. Yeah, I that I love. Yeah, I loved her a lot. Um, I am. I am proud to call her my favorite character. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, mine is also from my number one book choice, which I I felt like maybe it was worth the highlight, but I just couldn't get away uh, from choosing this character. But mine was Woland. Woland, I almost said Woland, and I wanted to be a little bit more interesting, but Woland's great. <laughs> <laughs> Savage. Uh, Woland was not only for his showmanship in the beginning where we already had so much involved with Woland from the beginning with his predictions that started all these chains of events that led into what happened later on in the book. Um, And just the fact that he was so witty and so dynamic that we were able to pick up on the fact that though he is the devil, he is not, this overall completely evil being, this malicious being. Like, we didn't get to the end of the novel and get to that big reveal where he's just like, oh, maybe I'm actually in cahoots with Jesus Christ, our Lord. <laughs> but, but like, we got to that in the first half of, like, I'm not sure about Woolen. Like, we know that he is, you know, the devil, but he's still doing all of these actions in such a way that are somewhat helpful in certain instances while still being like punishing. So it's not like he was all like smoothed over either. He Mm -hmm. still had a lot of these things that was like, Oh, he has the ability to do terrible, terrible things. He has the power to do that. 
but at the same time, he has such a nuanced ability to make decisions to keep the ball rolling and make things go according to plan. Good cannot exist without evil. Yeah, and I just think all of that and just the big reveal of how his character plays into the broader story of the world uh, there at the end of The Master Margarita was the most surprising moment to me, I think, of the Mm -hmm. entire season of just getting to that and being like, whoa, I, you know, a a lot of other moments in these novels are like, okay, that's surprising. And, but it makes a little bit of sense. That was so out of left field, but didn't feel like it was out of place. Yeah. Um, So I think that that uh, was just such a nice thing to have within a story that I already enjoyed so much to have a character, like have such a great arc to um, carry it through to the end. So, uh, though I wanted to maybe highlight some other uh, characters in other books, it was hard to get away from Woland for favorite character this season. And now with that uh, interesting stuff, guys, <sighs> we hit. Uh, wow, we hit our lists. <laughs> I man, Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf. <laughs> I really, I didn't expect guys, anybody I... to have Steppenwolf in their top three. I surprised. Even myself. (laughs) (laughs) Let alone time one. Uh, So to end it off here, just to kind of ease uh, back out before we call it good for not only this season, but this year as well for our quarantine season of Beer Time with Bucks. We're getting to the beer section again a little bit now that we've had these discussions of recalling as much as we possibly can about these seven books that we read throughout the year, which was surprisingly good i think we all had some pretty good recall which i think speaks to the quality of the books that we uh read this season but now we're getting into our beer our favorite beer of the year favorite beer of the year (laughs) beer of the year man (laughs) as i'm now my second just to highlight this since we're there and shoot the shit at the end of this episode i've now picked up do you have a bonus beer i do dark horse this was for my craft i'm in the craft beer club now so like you know. We always have bonus beers. I, I'm uh, under con- I'm under contract to uh, guys. Have you have you heard of craft beer? <laughs> have you heard of craft beer? I'm in the club. Uh, so this is Dark Horse uh, Brewing Company in Marshall, uh, Michigan. M I Michigan. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's Michigan. I, I I like I was about to say it so confidently. I was like, if I say it confidently, it's very wrong. Uh, it's Missouri. <laughs> it's our state. <laughs> this is Crooked Tree India Pale Ale, unfiltered and unpasteurized. This is a 7.0 to get to the end of this episode. So we my are, bonus beer is a Tank Seven, which a, is a that's a bold bonus, a classic. It is a classic. So yeah, we can <laughs> a bold bonus. <laughs> uh, so we have our list here of favorite beers. And just before we get into the favorites, I am very pleased to see the progression from the beginning to the end where we had so many local beers and so many classics of what we normally drink there at the beginning of a lot of uh, Boulevard, which nothing wrong with any of that uh, because we love Boulevard, but we had some Boulevard. We had Martin City, a lot of Odell, uh, which we've had many, many times, Casey Beer Co. But when we started getting into probably around the uh 
Master Margarita episodes, we started getting into a lot of different states. Because I know, Danny, you were getting beers sent to you for for work from events and whatnot. Uh, and we started... Ex- yeah, I got... I had Pennsylvania and Michigan in there. Yeah, we had some Michigan today. We had uh, Virginia. Virginia for this episode. And we started getting those spooky beers. We had spooky beers for a while. Our spooky season was... Uh, we went all out for those this year. So anyway, I think we had a lot of interesting... Uh, beers to choose from but uh we'll go same order just kind of hit anything that stood out to you and your favorite beer of the year my favorite beer of the year everybody uh looking back at this long list uh, i believe was bat squatch hazy ipa from rogue brewing company and rogue uh hit us up on instagram they did we I were confused. genuinely loved that beer. We were so confused on what they were saying, but we posted it about the Bat Squatch in October, and we were like, "If you does anyone have any spooky beers to recommend?" And then they said something that like, uh, "It was dead and dead," is all they said, and we were just like, "Oh, what?" And then, like a week later, we found out they were recommending their own dead and dead beer because it was a spooky beer that had uh, skulls on the on the can and whatnot. So shout out to Rogue. Yeah. I really liked that beer. It was kind of like a sweeter, hazy IPA. Um, and I I keep wanting to get it again. They like almost always have it at one of our local liquor stores. But I kept not getting it because I was like, well, I'm getting beer mostly for the pod, and we'll want to have different things on the pod. <laughs> so I haven't gotten it again. But I want it because I liked it. Um, so that was my favorite beer. Danny, favorite oh, beer? I was <laughs> perusing I was, uh, the list. <laughs> I was perusing the list. I was also per- perusing our Instagram because I wanted to remember what uh, the Bat Squatch looked like. Um, my favorite, uh, my favorite beer was a little closer to home. Uh, it was the Defiance Brewing Co. Twisted Logic IPA. Nice. I not only um, loved the can; uh, thought it was a great can. Um, but also, yeah, I don't know, picking an IPA for my favorite beer, guys. This is what growth looks like. Yeah, I know. You you were hitting that IPA. Steppenwolf is your yeah, favorite say, book. You had You're Steppenwolf. picking an IPA. I <laughs> no, don't no. know you anymore. Guys, well, well, also, that IPA, I'm a wild card. that IPA, both the times you drank those uh, were for the Steppenwolf episodes. You just have good connotations. <laughs> <laughs> I just have, yeah, no, uh, I'm, that must have been a really good time in my life. I guess I don't know. Uh, uh, f- favorite favorite I, guest this year was from the Stephen Wolf episode. Uh, it was Corey, our, our one and only you. guest. Um, yeah, I uh, I loved that. Um, loved all of that with a Nutcracker on a honorable mention. Honestly, I might this might be recency bias, but it I mean, is. I love Let's a be honest. It's <laughs> Listen, I also want to buy Nutcracker. The last time I was at the store, they were out of it. There was like a spot that said Boulevard Nutcracker, but there wasn't anything there. I was so sad. Oh no! I want it. Well, I guess that leaves Brian. me. Brian. <laughs> uh, my favorite beer from this year is a bit recent as well. But uh, I really enjoyed the Destil. Is that how we said? Destil uh, Brewery Haze of the Dead Hazy Double IPA. That's uh, a good one, too. Not only was that one of my favorite cans of the year, that's the fun part about getting these craft beers, it's just 
nice to see the the graphic uh, designs that go into a lot of these brews. But not only was it good for that, it was like a very smooth, fruity hint uh, mm-hmm. there within the IPA. Tall boy cans, you can't beat that. Uh, but I thought that that was just like very tasty, very easy to go down. And I think it was also positive connotations because we got that for my birthday. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that was definitely great. And I'd love to try that again. Um, but that was still playing into, I guess, all themes of death and destruction from our beers. We had your tornado can, Danny. We had this bat squatch monster. We had these deadhead skulls. Just kind we of We love a spooky beer. It just kind of fits. I feel like beers, we love a, beers we love, should be spooky. We also categorically love spooky season on this podcast. We said spooky like, season uh an absurd amount of times this year. <laughs> Listen, we we love it. <laughs> uh so yeah, pop quiz question here at the end. Oh no. <laughs> for things that you guys don't <laughs> consume that much. Don't think about it too hard. What's your favorite album this year? Favorite album that came out this yeah, year? Yeah, it came out this year in 2020. You Folklore. said that the pop quiz question. What did you say? <laughs> what Folklore, did you say? Taylor Swift. Oh, wait, no. Actually, Positions by Ariana Grande. Actually, Evermore by Taylor Swift. You're just hitting all the pop <laughs> albums. Those are, those are Brian, my top three. Brian, go. Oh, I'm, I'm next. Future Nostalgia by You gotta go. <laughs> All right. I, I dig that one as well. Future Nostalgia. That's a good one. Uh, Leanne Lahava, self-titled. That was a great fucking album this year. Can't Fight. That was oh. my jam this year. Uh, Circles. Mac Miller came out this year. I loved that album. I love that album. Okay. You've said four now, Jamie. I know. I loved. I You gave me not enough time to prepare for this. <laughs> Danny, this is all pop quiz. It's all good. Yeah, you you said that the pop quiz wasn't gonna be a thing. You said you were kidding. <laughs> it's we're we're you, deep enough. Shooting the shit at the end you for twenty twenty. Uh, okay, I'm gonna go with. Uh, I think you say his name Billy Raffool. Do you know him? I don't think so. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know how to say his name, but his most recent album is International Hotel. There you go. Came out this year. All right, pop quiz. Just wanted, just wanted some quick answers here. Just wanted to see what y'all were feeling. With Ariana Grande positions as an <laughs> honorable mention. Oh, positions is great. But also, yeah, I, I actually genuinely think maybe it's Circles by Mac Miller, the posthumous Circles. We love it. It's great. There you go. So for the last time, if anybody is still sticking around that is listening with any recency, (laughs) the rules for the giveaway, all you have to do is go to our Instagram, Beer Time With Books, or YouTube channel that hosts uh, these podcast episodes, Brian's Book Bastion. You just got to comment what your favorite book that you read was in 2020. And then what book you would like to receive, you can enter in both places, but you can only win in one. We'll do a raffle. I don't know if we said this, I'll have to clarify on Instagram, but it'll be a week from the posting of the episode. Mm -hmm. So giveaways coming at you. 
your time with books. We'll mail you whatever book of these seven books that you want. Is it Danny's favorite? Is it my favorite? Uh, do you Is really- it my trash books that I picked? Do you really, <laughs> really want Oryx and Crick, the one that we all said was our least hey, favorite? It's, it's a good 2020. Listen, we have copies for sale. It's a good, so. it's yeah, a good, we'll give you our personal copy. Hey, no, it's a good memento for 2020. It was, it was a good 2020 read. Uh, I, I think on our Instagram, or actually, no, I think for the, uh, no, it was on Instagram when I posted about the episode. I was like, I think the pandemic has numbed us to this brand of Dystopia. Uh, dystopia, and I said that's that 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 concerning. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I I we, we I really numb. think like I I am confident that we are biased from this year, like extremely about that book. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I agree. Well, still at my bottom though. <laughs> no still. remorse. Yeah, after all of the still after all the reasons of like yeah maybe but, but but still it's trash. Still put it, it at the bottom. Out of these seven books, uh, it's garbage. <laughs> oh my god! All right, you heard it here for first, folks. <laughs> well, now that we are uh, getting a little liquored up here on beer time with books, second beers hitting it off. We hope you all have a great rest of the year if you're listening to it in 2020. If you're listening to it past that, we hope all this shit is over with. Uh, time capsule. Yeah, we hope uh, the year is resembling less Oryx and Crake. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, but we're glad to have another season out there for you. For anybody that's listened, we appreciate you. Two seasons down, 31 episodes. Shout out. Shout out to our fans. Shout out to <laughs> all of our fans. Uh, our loyal listeners, we love you. Um, I think the way we kicked out season one was a triple scat. I think Let's all of us it. scatted. Yeah, I, <laughs> I think all of us. I think all of us scatted at the same time. So on the count of three, after some embellishments, we'll, we'll scat us out of here for the end of season two. Y'all ready? Let's do I it. Guess. A one, a two, a skiddly diddly do. We will catch you next time. Bye. Bye.